everybody to episode five of kicking grass i am your host rob novak along with your other host david walding how you doing today david i'm doing pretty good yourself rob i'm doing great uh, i guess i'll start off with uh, our plethora of fans have been clamoring for our theme music so we're going to have a theme music inspired episode today all right. We've got Harry Austin coming on, and um, we'll get the theme music going for Rob. Cut fast, don't stand in the sun. There's too much work to be done. You're down, you're down, you're down, you're down, and out of this world. And for Dave, the original Lobo Verde. Señor Lobo, 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 soluciono problemas. What are you drinking today, Rob? Uh, right now, I'm drinking nothing. Oh boy, this is two in a row. I was two in a row. I need to. <laughs> I need to go shopping. Obviously, my wife went to HEB without me recently, so I, I wasn't able to to grab anything. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> sorry. Well, then I'll give my shout out. I've got an Upland Brewery uh, wheat ale today. Ooh, Upland Brewery nice. out of. Um, Indiana, which is a uh, friend of mine's works at the brewery, and uh, cool. they sent me down some wheat ale, so an Upland Brewery wheat ale. I dig a wheat ale. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd love to try it if you got any extra. Uh, or, if I'll, another, or if you can get some more. Yeah, I'll, I'll grab you one for next time along with right. your uh, Deep Eddy micro distilled whiskey. Yes, yes, I'd love that. Um, so I guess we're going to talk a little bit of Austin FC today, a little bit of FC Fort Worth and USL talk, uh, and we're going to bring on Harry Austin here in a second. Um, we're going to have a conversation with Harry. I know um, you're going to be out for a little bit of that, but um, we'll get you back in at some point. I guess let me ask you to start off. Let's kick it off with some NISA talk. Sure. Uh, just real quick. So we've been having this conversation on which NISA team we're going to support here in Texas. And Harry actually pointed out to me some breaking news at the NISA conference mm-hmm. was they unveiled a U.S. map. Yes, I saw that. There was a soccer ball on the state of Texas. There sure was. So are we, <laughs> right, are we thinking there's a NISA team coming to Texas? I hope so. I mean, I mean, we've said it before. I mean, Texas is one of those markets they really need to be in. You know, if they're on both coasts and they're a little bit in the Midwest, they really need to, and, and Florida, they really need to pull in Texas and the Texas region, Louisiana, Oklahoma, New Mexico, um, you know, to to really bolster that league and give it some some more oomph and some more, um, you know, uh, gravitas. Because, you know, if, if they really want to grow that league, I mean, Texas is is where it's going to be at. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I did a little bit of research as soon as that came up on social media, and the soccer ball icon apparently means close but not yet a done deal. That's okay. paraphrasing of the category, but gotcha. it means that they're close to a finalized deal, but it's not done. They mm-hmm. had the NISA logo for teams that were finalized but not announced. Right. Okay. Um, 
my strong suspicion is that you're not going to see one Texas team. You're going to see two Texas teams. That would be great. The reason it's not finalized is because they don't have the second one done yet. And so mm. I think it's going to be a twofer. That would be awesome. I, That's I my prediction. Yeah. So so they don't have, you know, just one all by themselves. You know, that'd be Correct. great. Correct. I, I think yeah. that's I think that's going to be the right path forward is they yeah. probably have a team on the hook. And this is pure speculation, by the way. Mm-hmm. They probably have a team on the hook that says we're ready to come in, but we want a second Texas team to come in with us so we don't have, you know, 12 hour flights for every game that we play the entire season, right? We at least have this home state rival that we can play off against. So I'm, I'm crossing my fingers for that anyway. Yeah. And that could, I mean, that could have really cool uh, open cup implications as well. You know, if you're playing your nearest, um, you know, neighbor, uh, you know, once if open cup ever comes back in a, format that we really recognize again um (laughs) so uh so yeah i mean that that'd that'd be a really cool thing to see as well so but until that happens we're back to the question of who are we supporting here in texas are you are we making a decision today are you sticking with your detroit pick i'm sticking with detroit i mean I, i don't see how i can't i mean if you know from what i can see bottom to top they're the best constructed club as far as i can tell and like I said, you know, that, that documentary I saw him on a few years back, um, just, you know, for me, the, 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 the things the club stands for, um, you know, are the things that, you know, I, I also stand for. So, um, you know, I think that's a really important thing is to be able to, you know, really identify with the identity of a club. And, um, and yeah, I mean, they, they, they have an identity. I haven't really seen an identity from any of the other NISA clubs, you know, as coherent as Detroit cities. So that that's my reasoning. And it's not just that they're, you know, the best team in the league, uh, you know, or one of them. I haven't looked at the standings to this week, but, um, you know, I, I know they've been doing well and, you know, it's not just that, that they are one of the better teams. It's, you know, an identity that I can identify with and, and get behind. Well, that's great, Rob. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go, throw a curveball at you because I started out with a Chattanooga. You did. Um, And I know we brought on Stumptown and I really Mm -hmm. like a lot of the things surrounding Stumptown. Um, Yeah, they have a good organization too. However, Mm -hmm. I'm going out of left field for this one and I can't even believe these words are about to come out of my mouth. Uh, I can't, I can't support Detroit because you are. Um, (laughs) Right. But also because it's Detroit. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, I get it. I get it. I am throwing my support behind Chicago House. Chicago House. Okay. Yeah. Coming uh, out of nowhere. And I thought you were going to say uh, force or, or strikers or something. Like, no, I'm going with Chicago <laughs> House. I've okay. actually All right. gotten to know a little bit the ownership there mm-hmm. and that just name and their game day experience and everything that they've been doing up in Chicago. And Nice the way they launched that branding mm-hmm. and everything they've been doing is really good. And it's an expansion team. I can come on from season one. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to support Chicago house and see how that cool. goes. Let's see if we can get them on. That's a, that's a, you know, that's a great choice. I mean, I, I agree with you that their branding and their launch was pretty flawless. Um, and, you know, getting support and building that team was, um, was, was really great to, to see, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. That's, that's all right. 
So I think now are we ready to launch into some Austin FC? I think we're ready to launch into some some Austin FC talk. And bring on uh, Harry here in a second. But first of all, I wanted to talk. I know Harry wants to talk about the experience because um, Mm -hmm. somehow, some way, I got both Rob and Harry out to Q2 Stadium to watch this game with me. Uh, have that experience some way yeah i mean free tickets (laughs) well hey you know it's got to work somehow so yeah no and and thank you again really for that that was that was awesome and i was really happy that we all got to go together but Um, it was a copa texas matchup too it was a copa texas matchup and as i've been Um, telling you over and over and over again houston dynamo is the worst team in the western conference (laughs) And I think we showed it that day. I mean, that it was a 2-1 final scoreline. Yeah, it wasn't was, really ever wasn't really in doubt, though. It was. It felt more like a 3-0. It did. It um, did. Um, the, the goal for Houston was a stoppage time own goal yeah. uh, by Austin FC, I mean, which is really Austin unfortunate. Scored twi- and two Austin players scored and one Houston player scored. So, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it all evened out. Yeah, um, so I guess we got an early goal. I was not there in person yet. I was listening on the radio. Yeah, it was. Um, which I, I'm never late for these games, but yeah. gosh, that San Antonio to Austin drive is just <laughs> it's horrible. Awful. It's horrible. Um, New Braunfels but, is just, just avoid New Braunfels if you can for like the next year. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but we did get a uh, Cecilio Dominguez drew a penalty kick. I watched mm-hmm. it on replay, but you got to see it live. Yeah. He I saw stepped, it live. Stepped up to take the penalty kick um, and scored an own goal. <laughs> he, so that's the first time I think I've ever penalty seen penalty kick that. and the goalkeeper scored an own goal. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he, off he, both posts and then off the goalkeeper. Correct. So I guess I wanted to get, since you were there in, mm-hmm. in person, your opinion on the, on the PK. It was a, a legit PK. It Absolutely. Was, it was clear as day from, from me, from where we were, you know, um, yeah. And yeah, like I, I saw the trip very clearly. I was, you know, at an angle where the, the next closest dynamo defender had kind of moved, moved out of the way. And I saw, you know, him take uh, Cecilio's ankle out, you know, very right. clearly. So then the referee was right there as well. So kind of looking at it slightly the opposite angle, but now, I mean, yeah, it was clear as day. Everybody saw it. So. Yeah. When Great I call. watched it back on replay, however, mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree that it was a penalty. It was a well, yeah, yeah. Um, well-called penalty kick. However, mm-hmm. as, mm-hmm. as Austin FC fans are a little bit used to with Cecilio, there was quite the embellishment. Yeah. There was the, some embellishment on the going to the ground piece. Yeah. It wasn't as harsh of a, trip in the area mm-hmm. along the edge is it as you would have thought by seeing the reaction and then yeah yeah off both posts i guess i don't know if that's a good <laughs> or a bad penalty but how it went in the Eventually goal so across the line <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, okay i guess that's what counts so um yeah. overall i thought actually cecilio had a good game i'm not a huge fan but since he's mm-hmm. been able to play out on the wing he's been a much more effective player than when he was at the number nine position so yeah it seemed like he was you know involved a lot in in most of the moves and you know was was being a very effective winger um and doing what he needed to do causing that backline problems pinning them back i mean he was he was really taking that left back or that right back to task for uh, for dynamo so 
um, you know, it, yeah, it was a solid performance from what I saw. And then we got toward the end of the first half, the goal that I saw and Rob did not. Because he went, needed a pretzel. Okay. Okay. <laughs> said, Let's go down early before <laughs> halftime. And it still took us like half an hour to get a damn pretzel, but whatever. Yeah. But um, absolute screamer goal from Drew yeah. and I just, I have to believe that's going to be up for goal of the week. Cause that was just an amazing run of play and a great goal. Definitely. Um, yeah. I saw it later. You know, I was like, I need to see that on the replay. And we, we, we did actually see it on the, the screens that they have around in the, in the um, concession areas. So, um, but I, I wanted to see like, you know, real clean replay and yeah, that was a strike. So yeah, I, I would not be surprised if it's included in, in goal of the week consideration. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess before we bring on Harry real quick, well, um, mm-hmm. I want to give you a chance if you wanted to say yeah. anything about that FC Fort Worth, San Antonio FC game yeah, um, and yeah. the resulting announcement by the team to the players mm-hmm. after the game. No, I mean, we, we had, uh, I called it an epic Texas soccer weekend, my son and I. I mean, we both refereed. He played in Dripping Springs um, with his academy team. And um, then Saturday we went to San Antonio and Austin Bold FC um, still uh, for the time being. Um, for this week. At the at the invitation and um, uh, graciousness of, of Harry Austin, um, got some great seats there and then moved over to kind of found some more bold supporters in, in one corner of the pitch, um, which was great. And we got to sing for the rest of the game, basically. Um, my son loves singing with uh, Cinco Dose. So um, so we got to do that for the rest of the game. And it was it was a, it was a very hard fought game, nil nil tie. And, um, you know, I, I think that was a much more disappointing result for for San Antonio than it was for Austin. Um, but I mean, huge injury boosts. We had, uh, Penico and, uh, Fabian Garcia back, um, you know, like we did for the, the, the midweek match. So, um, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're fielding, uh, still fielding a very strong lineup. You know, I, I mean, Ryan Thompson is one of those never say die, no matter what you tell them, man, uh, folks. So, um, you know, I, I can continue to see him, you know, pushing forward with, with the, the personnel that he has until the end of the season and, you know, whatever comes, comes. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it and then it did come out that, you know, they told the players that next year was not going to be an Austin bold year. It was no longer going to be. So, you know, I, I had wanted a, a public announcement this week anyway, um, because, you know, it could have boosted, some actual attendance at the game it could boost some action you know people just like hey you know cool well let's go you know one last hurrah at, at bold stadium um for the bold um you know and and whatever may come after that but yeah i mean i hope you know bobby says something maybe even friday um ahead saying you know thank you for you know supporting us and being here for us we'd love to have you out and one last time for two dollar beers and $10 tickets or $15 tickets. If you don't know the, the secret word, um, you know, something you're, you're never going to see at a Q2 stadium, but uh, you know, it's, I would love to see a $2 beer night at Q2 stadium. There's gonna be so many showers in that uh, uh, supporter <laughs> section. That would be um, insane. Yeah. So uh, I mean, even more than they already are with, with uh, ridiculously overpriced beer, but um, you know, it's, it is what it is and that's how they wanted to handle it. That's how they wanted to handle it, whatever. And, you know, we'll see what, what happens down the line. I just, 
um, you know, hope that, you know, something else will fill it, will fill that stadium, like they said, um, you know, possibly uh, in, a, in a lower league than USL championship, but we'll see. Well, and you invoked Terry's name. We're going to welcome him in here in a second and see in USL. I guess we're all three still alive for that number four spot some we way, are. somehow. So we'll see whether it's going to be Bold or New Mexico or uh, Harry's RGV. They took a huge step yep, by defeating New Mexico United in that head-to-head is, matchup. So that was, that was big time for, for RGV, so. I'm not quite ready to concede to RGV, but I had said all along, <laughs> I thought the, the winner of that, that game would probably take that last spot. You so did. we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens in the next week for a playoff spot, but uh, yep. why don't we just go ahead and get the theme music rolling and bring on Harry Austin. I guess Texas ain't no different from the rest and San Antonio was just waiting out for that. It's just like Welcome, Harry. I finally got you to go to Q2 Stadium, see Austin FC against Houston in that Copa Texas matchup, and I just want to get your impressions. Yeah, so initial impressions is, so this is on Q2. Q2 feels like a small stadium. And what I'm, and I mean that in a positive way, and I mean that in a negative way. Like the positive way is there's no bad seats. You know, the supporter section is awesome, you know, where it's located at. Even on what the north side, it, it's, you know, it's got all the nice amenities where I think it feels, you know, so it doesn't feel like, you know, a mega stadium where, you know, there's a lot of area to feel uh, or to fill. So it's, it's one where, you know, I think, you know, with the roof, you know, with, you know, you know, I, I stood in the supporter group section for the first half, the section, the second half, you know, I sat over in, in, in your seats. Um, you know, so I thought as far as from my, you know, there wasn't a bad seat. You were close to the, you're close to the action. Mm-hmm. The part where I think that it's a, a small, it feels like a small stadium in, in, in a negative way is like halftime, you know, even pregame, the outside of the seating area, the, the walk space around it is real narrow. And especially when they've got, you know, all of the, you know, the, you know, the, the, the you know, the stores, the, the markets and, and stuff, you know, the food places that they have space gets real compacted. And it's, you know, we're talking about 20,000, I think is what the, what it is. 20,780 something. I've been in larger stadiums that, felt felt like there was more room does that make sense it is in, in is I, I wish on the outside they would have they, they, you know we're having all these nice amenities and stuff like that I wish they would have gave a little bit more room to be able to move around to be able to enjoy it a little bit more um you know just it's and, and I know that's kind of nitpicking and, and along those lines but um but like I said here it's you know parking the fear of parking, I think is overrated. Um, I think there's a lot more parking than what people realize. Um, you know, I paid 20 bucks for what, 15, 20 minute walk from the stadium. Right. But I mean, you have to add that then into the cost of the experience as you're adding in a parking 
But you go to uh, a issue. major league baseball game, you're paying twenty bucks for parking at least. Well, I don't go to a major league baseball game, so <laughs> I have. Now it's not going to the NFL where it's three hundred bucks and, and along those lines just to walk in the door. So, um, but no, I, I like said here the Q two stadium overall. Like said here, you know it's it's a brand new stadium and has all the bells and whistles and, and like said here. Um, the roof matters. You know, I wish Toyota Field would it would get a, a a roof because I think that you know enhances it, it enhances the environment quite a bit. You know, whether it's you know the supporter group section um, or even you know even the fans that that go in the U around it. You know, they're they're loud. You know, especially when when the entire stadium is you know, singing, you know, uh, singing the same song or, you know, clapping the same claps and stuff like that. Or, you know, when they do Stuver, you know, along those lines, it's, 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 it's a great environment. So I'm going to ask you the first question uh, that David asked me. It was your, also your first trip to Q2. Yes, it was. And you probably are like, you know, you're probably a little bit, well, I think we're both fairly shaded towards Austin FC as far as an MLS in general. Yeah. But your thoughts on Q2? Gorgeous stadium. Absolutely very well executed. Um, you know, the access to the stands was super easy. Um, I thought, <laughs> thought we were going to have to go a long way down off from one stairwell. But then, you know, once we got underneath to get to the, the actual section we were in, um, I was very pleased and surprised to see like multiple stairwells up to each different section um it's laid out great uh they've got a lot of great vendors they got a lot of cool stuff to do outside you know like right before the game little you know skills challenges for the kids and um you know the the um the big screen behind the supporter section is amazing love it um and then the supporter section having you know just that wall of 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 safe standing seats is is fantastic so it's it's a gorgeous stadium well executed game day experience for sure i mean bar none so i i said for san antonio fans it's not an ideal location or ideal to be able to go maybe once a, once a season along those lines mm-hmm but where you live in the Austin area, is that something that you could see you and your son going to again? Um, yeah, I could see it, but it still wouldn't be, I, I'm not buying season tickets. I'm not buying a five pack even. <laughs> I wouldn't, I mean, it's still like, you know, almost an hour for me from Kyle. Um, so, you know, I mean, and you know, I got to pay 20 bucks for parking. So at least 20 <laughs> bucks for parking. Um, I've been spoiled by, you know, $10 tickets and free parking in a huge parking lot in Southeast Austin, um, you know, for, for a couple of years now. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it was great. Uh, you know, if, if my son is like, Hey, I want to go to another game, I'll, then, then we'll go, but you know, it's not going to be, you know, me motivating it no, <laughs> to go up there. So it, but it, as it's I said from the beginning, I enjoyed when it. They, when they chose that location, it is not, selected for definitely not san antonio but not for south austin and hayes county mine it's it's designed for that domain area tech companies williamson county cedar round rock Rock. exactly that's that's where they're lakeway lake travis yeah um you know because what i bought uh 
a Dos Equis in a water for like twelve dollars. Wow, you got a dollars. <laughs> How'd you do I was, that? I was a yeah. little shocked. <laughs> yeah, they're normally fifteen bucks for a beer, so yeah, I think, uh, you did a good I job. Don't know. It was yeah. I don't know what was going on. I don't know if there was a special that day or what. <laughs> no, but. the beer prices weren't as bad as 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 I thought. You know, because I bought. Uh, the love street beer and it was only 12 bucks you know it was mm-hmm. price almost price very similar to what safc has so the beer i think they've adjusted the beer prices especially after the initial announcement and everybody was like oh hell no we, we ain't paying that yeah um yeah. could still be lower they uh, it could I be think, lower I but los verdes and, and austin anthem need to uh talk to the front office about that and, and I do notice it went down for the U.S. men's national teams, and that was about that price range. So I'm betting they adjusted, took that opportunity and adjusted the prices. But no, like, like I said here, to me, and, and like I said here, I like that it has that small stadium feel where, you know, you know, especially with the roof, it's loud. It's, you know, there's not a bad seat in the house with the exception, you know, halftime or, you know, the, the walkways get, um, get, get where it's almost immovable, you know, at times. Um, that, that, that was, that was my, my biggest thing is I wish they would have had a little bit more room along those lines, but we know they had a compact space here for that here. So, you know, I would love to see a stadium somewhere on South Congress in Austin. That would be really cool to me. I would love to see that too, Rob. <laughs> Let's make that happen. Three court wanted to see that too, right? (laughs) He wanted it downtown on the river. That's where he wanted it, which also would be cool. I mean, I I love the Riverhound Stadium right there where it's just, you know, you just have, you know, you're just looking straight at the river. (laughs) It's pretty, it's, it's pretty um, awe inspiring, to be honest. I like it. The product on the pitch, I've said all along, I think it's, I think it's a, it's a good product. It's not a playoff product yet. Um, I think Austin FC has been a little bit unlucky. I think they've got a young coach. Um, they definitely and, have a young coach. That is for sure. And, you know, there's some learning experiences with that. And let's be honest. And, and you and I talked about it at the game is how Austin FC set this, set this team up. It wasn't set up to be a playoff team, you know, because you brought in your two big guns halfway through the season and i think you know you think you and i said one took what two months to before he you know before he actually got on the pitch from being signed to actual playing and i think you even mentioned that uh, he hasn't played a full 90 minutes as of yet no as of yet uh, and we're talking about musa jite here he hasn't played a full 90 minutes and uh, my recollection is it took over a month from signing just to get him to the united states to come to austin and then it took another seven to eight games before he saw his first minutes on the pitch. So it took over two months from signing to getting on the field. So, but to me, like I said here, whether you're wolf in, wolf out, you know, you know, I, you know, I'm not an Austin FC fan, you know, you know, to where I go either way hard enough to be able to commit to anything. Um, you know, I think you guys got what one more game um, on Houston. You know, I think the goal would have to right. be to try to see if you can get above Houston. Um, that would I, be a successful season at this point of the year, I think. 
Um, we definitely don't want to be behind Houston. I think winning Copa Tejas would be would be a nice little feather in the cap. Um, just it, to me, it kind of reminds me when the bold one. Nobody considered the bold serious consider uh, contenders until they actually won it. Everybody's like, "Oh, they're going to come down. They're going to come down." And you know, it, it would be. It would be kind of odd to see the, you know, the first Copa Tejas winner of USL being the bold, the first Copa Tejas of MLS to be Austin FC. I think that would be, that'd be a little bit interesting. That is interesting. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. I'm glad you brought that up. So we'll see how that goes this Saturday. I'm going to make the trip <laughs> up to Frisco and that's a winner take all scenario. If Austin can, can win that, they take Copa Austin Tejas. has to win though, right? Yes, a tie goes to Dallas. We'll take it at that point. Um, so if Austin wins, they get Copa Tejas, a tie or a Dallas win for Frisco to take it. So here's my question to you. For Austin to take that next step, what do they need this offseason? That is a great question. I mean, I think they need to upgrade uh, defense. There's definitely some issues still going on in defense, and that's a position they've never addressed. Um, and the real answer to that question goes by what do you think um, of Wolf? I mean, I know we've talked Wolf in or Wolf out or Wolf kind of indifferent, and I'm still with you. I'm kind of in that indifferent phase. But if you believe, like I do, that the losses this year, a lot of them were based on coaching, um, then it becomes a question of is Wolf going to have learned his lesson and be a much better coach come next season? And if he is and you add a couple of pieces, I think they're really close. Um, however, that's a big ask if you think the problem is coaching. If you think the problem is talent, then that's a completely different conversation. And um, I think you know, I was at the event yesterday with Claudio Reyna, and I, I wish he would speak so much more because Wolf speaks at these pressers and just infuriates me. When Claudio speaks, he um, he comes across as rational, reasonable, knowledgeable, like he gets the problems, he gets what's going on. Uh, he mentioned going up to Dallas and the coaching staff learning that they need to play ugly sometimes and not just always stick to the same tactics, which makes me think, yeah, he gets it. So uh, I guess that's what we have to see is, is the coaching the issue and will it improve or is it a talent issue? And if it's a talent issue, they'll go back, they'll go about getting some new players for next season, I'm sure. And I think you're going to see some upgraded talent. I think just from year one to year two, you're, you're going to see some upgraded talent. I also think with Coach Wolf, you're going to see some growth on his side as well. You know, you, you'd have to think, you know. You know I, would, I would hope so, Wolf, sure. Wolf's a smart guy, you know, so he, you know, this may be his first MLS position, but he's been around the game long enough, you know, he'll lean on the coaching tree uh, for that here, you know, get some feedback from Claudio and, and, you know, other mentors that he has. And I do think that if, if he does stay, um, you know, I do think that he'll be, he'll be much better. Now, will they close what, it's what 44 points for seventh right now and they're at 28 so uh 14 point gap no yeah 16 point 16 point gap 
uh, you know, for that here. Because I do think Houston's going to, you know, with the new owner, I do think, and the new GM that they're going to be coming in, you have to think they're going to be doing, you know, doing some investing money-wise this year because, you know, the owner, new owner has said that they will. Dallas we'll see. Dallas. I'll believe it when I see it, but, you know. They got to do something. <laughs> um, I've heard that before. Though. Yes, we have. Dallas is Dallas. Um, I, I, I don't think a lot changes with Dallas until the Hunts decide to hang it up or, you know, go a different direction. Right, but a new the new coach will say a lot. So we see who, what move they make for the coaching staff in Dallas. But um, yeah, but it's still a young academy built. It's a, it's an academy built team. Correct, but like Parejo is able to get the best out of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Depends on the new coach if he can or can't get the best out of that academy talent and how much academy talent they have coming up in the next level and how soon they sell them. That's the question. And the other feedback that I had on Q2 Stadium is on the north side where their suites, right, that they have over there with the with the wall. Yes. If they put if they could put a screen or a scoreboard or something on that side, because there's really not a lot of clocks, you know, game time clocks, you know, you know, uh, you know, you got the video board ab- above the supporters. You got you know the little board that goes around where you'll have you know the, the running game time and the score, but it doesn't give a lot of, you know, there's not really a section that'll give you a lot of the hustle stats or stuff like that, you know, for, you know, for the analytics um, that, that I would like to see, you know, hopefully uh, that uh, Q2 does, does build on. But to me for, you know, you know, as a San Antonio fan here, it was a bittersweet day, you know, just, you know, could, you know, could that have been Toyota field or, you know, no, whatever stadium that they built here in San Antonio. Yeah. But, you know, like I said here, you know, you know, I went to the, you know, Los Verdes, you know, tailgate. I stopped by the Anthem tailgate. Um, it, was, it was a fun day. I, I made a day out of it. And, you know, like I said here, Sunday afternoon game, you know, made it, you know, made it kind of convenient to where, you know, I could get up there and go back. Um, but my final thought on, on the Austin is it just illustrated to me how San Antonio and Austin are two separate markets. Yeah, uh, you, absolutely. Made, you made you made the trip. You you unfortunately had to make the trip up, and I think you said yours was what two 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 and a half hours. Right. We had a game with the youth academy in San Antonio um, at you know noon. Left <laughs> there before two, and it was four forty five before I could get back to the stadium. So it was it was three hours um, from San Antonio there, and it just has to do with traffic and I thirty five. Well, yeah, it's just it's the traffic. I know for me, I left. I left early at 11, didn't really face a lot of traffic, but it was still a two hour drive from where I live on, on the other, on the other side of San Antonio. So you're looking for San Antonio to go up there. You'd have to almost do it as a, you know, a day trip or an overnight trip to make it worth it, you know, cause it's a two hour game. You know, you're there for, you know, typically in and out for two hours. Right. If you go to the tailgate, you know, maybe it's three, four hours at most. Right. You know, and then you've uh, got four hours of commute on a good day, but on you, a good day. Yeah. You don't know if it's going to be a good day or a bad day. So, <laughs> and I will say traffic on this one, you know, there, there was the uh, formula one race. Um, although I didn't really get caught up in it. I don't know if you got caught up in it because you know, the mm-hmm. formula one race was going on at that time. So no, I didn't, but there was 
construction and a wreck or something in San Antonio yeah. that blocked me up. And then there was a wreck in Kyle that Rob got caught up in as well. And the traffic was still backed up. So there was two stoppages on I-35 between San Antonio and Austin that, I mean, it just takes forever when that happens. So I, yeah. I, yeah, I completely agree with you. And I've always said in my mind, they're two separate markets. But, but uh, Daddy Garber probably does not see that. So correct. But uh, that's, that's a whole separate discussion. Um, One of the interesting tidbits from uh, the conversation with uh, Claudio, though, was he mentioned part of the issue being a lack of depth that they that Austin FC did not have a USL affiliation like some other like most other MLS clubs do, where they can loan out players, call players up when they need them, get signing some playing time. Uh, And he mentioned that would be coming in 2023. So I'm very interested to see how that plays out for 2023 with a USL affiliation, but it won't be a USL affiliation. Well, you know what it'll be. (laughs) It'll be an MLS R. It'll be an MLS reserve team. Okay. That's, that's why I'm interested to see how that all plays out because. Because, and the reason why is they're going away from the affiliations. Now they may have, they'll still be loan agreements. um, Because even Austin's loans players, to, I think they loaned a, a center back to Birmingham for a couple of games uh, for that here. So there'll be loans that they'll do. It'll be interesting the relationship between Austin FC and San Antonio FC, um, right. just because they are very close. But let's also not forget, you know, and this is you know going to be a discussion that I'm assuming you and Rob will have, you know, in, in part two or the second half of this is the bold, you know, you know, per the striker Texas, you know, it, it was announced that, you know, the bold have told the players that they're not coming back next year. There's the rumor move of going up to Fort Worth is how does that impact, impact it? And I can tell you this, San Antonio does loans. And, you know, with, with MLS teams. So um, now the issue is, is that I think they wouldn't want short-term loans. It would be more, hey, you know, you've got a young goalkeeper, for instance, you know, that, that could use some minutes that maybe he's not ready, um, you know, barring injuries, um, you know, for that, like we had with St. Clair last year with uh, uh, Minnesota United. He, you know, he came down. Um, played five games, um, but, you know, at that point, Minnesota United, you know, just their goalkeepers got, you know, got just, you know, dropped, you know, dropped like flies with injuries. And he ended up, you know, going through them and I think going all the way to uh, the MLS Cup, right? I think Minnesota was in the final last year. Yeah, absolutely. So so I, I do think that there is that, but and this is where maybe this is where I think Claudio. I know we focus on Wolf, but how long ago was Claudio hired? Years ago, right? Yeah, oh, two years before um, this the launch. Basically, he came so. from New York City, which doesn't really doesn't really have a USL affiliate either. Um, their USL affiliate surprising well at the time was san antonio right but they never there was it was more of a front office uh thing there where san antonio got the guidance from uh you know new york uh, you know nyfc and 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 man city and and that relationship and and um 
the return was the basketball side from the Spurs side. Right. So that that was why that relationship really kind of hit there. But as far as for on the soccer field, there was there was really no relationship. So that's why to me, when I hear that, it, it he had the opportunity to, to build some of that depth, you know, to build some of those relationships. You know, you look at Charlotte, uh, you know, and I know it's kind of a different dynamic. Charlotte FC doesn't come in and, and, and start to play till next year. But I think they've already signed two or three players and a couple of them are playing with Charlotte Independence. And I know you couldn't do that with, uh, you know, with uh, um, Austin Bold, but you can tell me if Austin FC signed, you know, was it Christian Fuchs uh, for that here? That, hey, if Austin said, hey, we want to loan him to San Antonio, do you think San Antonio is really going to turn down a Premier League quality player or, you know, that, that had that history that's, you know, plays at an MLS level? Well, that would be a question for you to answer because uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I would think it's a fairly toxic uh, issue right now. I don't think Austin. I don't think San Antonio FC and Austin FC is as toxic as no. But I'm I'm not talking about the clubs. I'm talking about the fan bases. Um, I would disagree with you, and it would depend on the player. Because if, if he's if, if you know he's down here for the year, and especially if it was a quality player like that, you know, fans, it's you know, if you're wearing my kit, that's that's what they're going to go through now. You know, I, I you know, I, I don't I don't see that. I just I just don't you know because we've had players on loan from Dallas. We've never had any players from Houston, but we've had players on loan from Dallas, and I know it's a different. Yeah, but that's not the same dynamic. But. I don't, there, there would be a small, you know, you know, just, you know, just, just like now there's, you know, there, you know, there's, there's people that will never, that will never step um, in, in an MLS stadium again, or, you know, there's some that won't even follow MLS anymore um, for what happened, but, you know, you're talking, you know, a small portion of that. It just, you know, it's, it's just like, to me, there's a small portion of MLS fans that would never watch USL, but you, you know, I think if you look at the majority of them, you know, if USL's on, they'll watch it, you know, uh, especially if it's a decent product now, but you know, that's, that would be a to be determined, but I, 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 I just, I think we're so far out of it right now. You know, the die has already been cast. Austin FC has already played a year. Um, you know, you'd have to say it's been a pretty successful year, I think, for Austin FC, uh, all things considering. Um, just, you know, for the fact that they've, you know, they lived up to the hype of, you know, hey, Austin will support the team, which, you know, that was the, that, to me, that was the big question coming in is would they support the team? And they have. Well, I know you're going to have to run off to a game here pretty soon, but if you've got a couple minutes, I wanted to take advantage for some USL questions. Sure. And I guess, first of all, get your impressions on that San Antonio FC and FC Fort Worth matchup. Um, it was a typical San Antonio bold game um, in that both teams just muddled the middle up. And I think San Antonio had the best opportunities, uh, especially PC late in the game. And, you know, he, you know, he kicked the ball out of the stadium and, and it ended up zero, zero. It was, 
you know, as a San Antonio fan, you know, they lost a series to them. In fact, uh, you know, the bold won one and drew one at Toyota Field this year. There's, you know, so as a San Antonio FC fan, knowing that it was possible the last match of San Antonio and Austin Bold, it was disappointing. However, you know, for San Antonio's side, their season comes, well, it's not their season. The ability to host a playoff game comes down to this week. And it was always going to come down to this week against Colorado Springs. Um, who they play and if they win or tie, they get the home field match, you know, the following week, most likely on Saturday, although they haven't said anything. So, you know, it's the bold, the bold needed that game more. Um, and I think you kind of saw that because, uh, what is it? Uh, the goalie's name, uh, and Panico, I think it's Panico is how you pronounce it. Uh, the Nashville goalie, he came back after missing three games and, you know, uh, you know, Austin rolled out there pretty much starters, sunny, sunny, you know, sunny played uh, a little bit over a half. And it was, you know, I won't lie to you as an SAFC fan, I wanted to win it, but, you know, I'm, I'm assuming Rob would, you know, would say the same thing, but the draw was a fair result. Both teams, you know, it was a physical game, you know, both teams had some opportunities, but you know, you know, the goal could have been 10 feet wide or, you know, 10 feet high. And I wouldn't have said that they would have, uh, they would have been able to score. <laughs> so, so, but no, um, but no, for, for San Antonio and even for the bolt, it all comes down to Saturday. Yeah. So we'll see how things pan out on Saturday. Um, another Interesting tidbit um, in USL this week, and I, I, I'm going to have to ask you to set this one up because there's been a lot of drama about a uh, match. I think it was um, – uh, You're talking about sorry. Pittsburgh and Miami? Exactly, the Pittsburgh-Miami matchup and the uh, 67th minute goal Restart. that wasn't a goal that is a goal. <laughs> so if you can explain the backstory to that so we can get into this. So a couple of weeks ago, P Pittsburgh traveled down to Miami. Um, there was a foul around the 65th minute. Refs set the ball. Miami kicked it. Refs, you know, refs jogging back um, with his back to the play. Miami, Miami FC kicks it, um, you know, from the person that takes the free kick. Uh, there's a player on the left-hand side of him. He kicks it over to him, who then kicks it back to the goalie. The goalie unfortunately misplays it and the ball goes into the net. So the announcers, Miami, the Miami FC, Pittsburgh, all thought it was a goal. Um, unfortunately, the center ref and the AR um, got together and said it was a corner kick, <laughs> which by letter of the law on what they were, because from my understanding, and you may be able to answer this more, if the ball comes directly from a free kick, it cannot score a goal. If it does, it's a corner kick. So that is that is the rules. The part that I don't understand. Right, indirect free kick. And the issue was the goalkeeper never actually touched it. So if, it, yeah. if that were an indirect free kick, that would be. No, legit. he didn't touch it. He misplayed it. He, he just. Correct. He overran it. He didn't get down. It just, you know, I don't. He didn't expect the ball to go back to him. Correct. Now, the. Problem is two players touched it before that happened. Correct. And so 
even for an indirect free kick, that's a goal. Uh, there's no Correct. way around that. But so the, the problem seemed to be that the center ref didn't see the first player touch well, the ball. Well, it's not just the center ref. It's both of the ARs, right? <laughs> the fourth official uh-huh. and the center ref. Right, right. So, could, and, and you probably you, – you would know this more. The refs can communicate to each other. So I don't – Absolutely. Yeah. I don't – I don't understand – I, I don't understand how it happens in today's game. I don't. Exactly. How they got it that wrong but among everybody, how they could mess that up so bad. But they did. I mean, they did. And that was a call. so the game ends up playing out 0 0 because they didn't award the goal. Pittsburgh didn't score. Um, yeah, I'm assuming Pittsburgh protested it. I'm assuming this is probably something where you, you more probably know the inner workings of hey, if there's a bad call that goes against you. I'm assuming there's some sort of proper protocol for the, for the team to be able to fill out for the league to take a look at it, whether it's cards or, you know, misapplications of rules. Right. Generally uh, it's a formal protest filed with the league and the, there's a so committee that reviews it. Pro refs came out saying, yes, it was, it was an error, you know, it's in there and um, they removed the, you know, the, the, the crew of the game for at least one game, you know, they suspended them for one game. I doubt we'll see. You're probably not going to see them this year, at least. Right. You know, let's let's just be honest with that. Hopefully not in the playoffs, which is where we're at yeah. at this point. So, <laughs> although you know, you know, there, there's other referees. The, the New Mexico San Antonio referee, 17 yellow cards. That's a whole separate discussion. That's more judgment, not rule based. Um, you know, but the issue that I have is okay. Yeah, you appealed it. Everybody knew it was wrong. It's nobody's disputing it. It's a bad look. This, I think, was what this week or last? No, last week they decided USL made the determination that they were going to replay the game, but replay it from the 67th minute when you know and allow the goal, right? Which to me, I'm like, why are you doing this? Because and and they're talking about integrity of the game, which. And, and I'm still okay with this up to this point. Um, I'm not, but I'm not. That wouldn't necessarily have been my decision if it were my decision, but I'm okay with at least understanding where we're at up to this point, but it gets worse. So, and I, I don't have the exact lineups. So they replay the game tonight. It's different players, including one that was suspended for the game. He's in the game. A player that wasn't even signed through there. They had five referees. So to me, to me, if you're gonna replay the game at that point with new lineups and new rosters and, and the five subs, just play from the start. If you're going to you know, barring a player that's injured, you know, if, if a player got hurt, you know, you, you maybe have that sub kind of like a con, you know, the concussion sub where hey, if, if you sub in a player that's hurt, the other team gets an additional sub if needed. But to me, where you know where they just came through and um, it was different different lineups. It just for me personally, as a fan of USL, it, it you got to question the integrity of USL now. It just doesn't. I don't know any logical rules on you know. And this maybe where you know where you've been part of the game. You you own a team. You've coached. I don't understand how the league can come to okay. Hey, we're going to replay the game. 
but then hey you can put out whatever lineup that you want because usually like if it's a baseball game or you know a suspended game and football or anything along those lines it's the players that are on the pitch that come back out and that's that's been what i've been accustomed to Correct. is if you're on the pitch at that time you're still on the team you know injury trades something, something along those lines that that's a little bit different but, or at the very least, and this is my biggest problem with all of it, at the very least, the player that was suspended for that game is still suspended for that game. It's the same game. Yes. He can't come in and play when he was on a suspension for that game. So he only served 67 minutes of a suspension in the ultimate scheme of things. So uh, I'm with you. That's a If you were going to do it this way, USL, uh, you totally flubbed it up. I just, for me personally, I think, I, I just think you, you create a, you, you create a situation one, you got the black eye now, but what happens if you have a playoff game like they had last year? I won't even use the San Antonio, New Mexico game because you can make an argument on either side. If you're a San Antonio fan, it was a handball. If you're a New Mexico fan, it wasn't a handball, but the Phoenix Rising Sacramento game, that was that was decided on a clear handball. You know, Asante punched the ball in. It's it's clear as day. So you can't tell me for the integrity of the game, you know, because let's be honest, this is all about money. Um, right. It's all about the Riverhounds possibly getting into that second slot and being able to host you know, be able to host the playoff game. That's, that's why they replayed it. You know, just, let's not sugarcoat it. It's, it's the Riverhounds wanted to replay the game to be able to get two more points, which they have now. And if they win their game and, and let's say Charlotte loses or ties the bold, Pittsburgh gets the home match and Charlotte goes on the road. Let's, you know, let's, let's just be honest on why this game was replayed. It wasn't replayed because of quote unquote integrity. It was replayed because of, you know, and to be honest, the Riverhounds were shafted. There's, there's nobody's disputing that. But you know, how many how many calls go against the team a year? Right. Uh, rarely as egregious as this one was, though. I have to say. <laughs> no, and, and it's it's and, and I think you know, because I listened to the to the broadcast, and I think the 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 reason why USL felt that they could do this, and this is going to be the reason why they they'll be able to maybe justify it is this call was the, the call that they missed was not a judgment call. Correct. It was a clear interpretation of the wrong rule that, you know, for that here. So where a handball foul penalty, you know, ball over the line time, those are all judgment calls by the referee. So, and, and I think that's where USL is going to come back and, you know, and say, we had to replay it because it was not a judgment call. It was a misapplication of, of the rules. And, you know, I don't necessarily agree with it, but hearing, you know, I think it's what Howard Webb um, is, is the top guy of pro hearing him say, because it's not a judgment call and it's a clear interpretation of the rules wrong. That's why USL was, it was able to, was able to do it. Right. Well, that was a interesting story for USL. We're going to have to see what happens with uh, 
playoff scenarios going forward now, both in the Mountain Division and with the uh, uh, Riverhounds now. It'll be interesting. Playoffs kick off next week. Uh, we'll see if uh, the Bold are in it. So they've got some work cut out for them. They need some help. If the, uh, if the bold were going to have a chance, why would they tell their players ahead of this upcoming game that they're no longer playing after the season? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. But they already knew it anyways. Well, they've been not as forthcoming, I think, with the players up to now. Uh, I think you would have to be (laughs) correct. You would have to be, uh, I don't know, living under a rock, not to know at this point that. Because I'm sure Rob has, has, uh, you know, you know, chimed, uh, you know, on the the bold bat channels of, hey, what do we do next year? (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently nothing, because apparently FC Fort Worth isn't even going to play next year. So uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But I think that's the right decision, though. Because you you own a team. Is it better to have a short window to build up or is it better to have because you're going to you're basically going to have what from November, November ish is is the earliest that they're going to announce it. Right. Probably more likely December. Right. It doesn't sound like the franchise itself is moving. They sold the rights. So you're going to be, it's not like a, it's not like the Scorpions in San Antonio FC where the Scorpions, you know, that sale went through in December, San Antonio was announced, I think the last week of December, or, you know, first week in January, they started the following March or following April, I think at that time is, is when they kicked off. But San Antonio FC already had the, 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 the stadium, they already had the fan base from the season ticket members of, 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 um, you know uh, the scorpions they already had the the foundation with the, you know being the spurs so for them to do a three-month four-month turnaround somewhat easy to do to me i think for fort worth if i take 2022 off and i start in 2023 fresh and you have that build up because number one you're able to get your merchandise out you're able to build up a little bit of a season ticket fan base. It doesn't sound like their stadium's done. Number one, it sounds like they're building a stadium, which I think was a little bit surprising, right? That was very surprising. And I think that's the big issue. It's the stadium. I think everything else is doable. So the question is, is it better to play in a temporary stadium for the first season, or is it better to launch with your own new stadium later in a vacuum? It's better to launch with your own brand new stadium. Um, but you do lose something by taking that year off. So I'm, I'm, what do you lose just out of curiosity? Well, because you act like they didn't know the sale was going through until October or November when they've had, this has been in the works for close to a year. And that's the question is how long has this been in the works? And that's not, you know, at least for me, I don't know the details of how long that that's been. If, if they've already got a lot of the, legwork done and the designs and the naming of the team and and that type of stuff credible sources tell me credible anonymous sources uh i've i've known this for almost a year i've known this going back to the end of last season that this was coming i wasn't sure exactly where so that's the big question when was fort worth settled um but 
if you were the ownership group a year ago in Fort Worth putting together this deal, you at least had all of this in mind. So if you've twiddled your thumbs for a year and not done anything, then you're kind of an idiot and shouldn't be running a team anyway. Yes. So you could have launched it next year with a lot of the organization, the parts of the organization that you wanted to keep. It would have been like the difference in, um, oh, I don't know, moving the crew from Columbus to Austin and keeping the staff and structure in place that you wanted to keep as opposed to launching it as a brand new team. Uh, though, If you're launching it as a brand new team, you need the two-year run-up. But if you have something in place that you're just moving and rebranding, um, I mean, but they're be- not though, because the follow-up to that, and this, you know, if, if Rob wants to jump in, he can, is it sounds like that they sold the USL rights. Correct. But it sounds like that Epstein and Coda want, still want to have a team in there, whether it's League One, U, um, League Two, or NISA. That was the so shocking piece of this. So I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there. But um... but to me, it makes sense. If you go NISA or if you go League Two, and, and I don't think they go League Two just because it's too short of a season. Um, you know, you're talking about five, six games. I don't know. You know, I don't know if that fills enough dates because, you know, we know why he's doing this. And it's to be able to say, hey, Coda was used for X number of dates. That, right. that's that's why that's why there's going to be a team that's why i think there's going to be a team there but if you go usl league one and i've said this before is you know and this was before you know mls created the mlsr is bold stadium is a great game day environment um you know you've, you've been there once I, i've been there four or five times six times now i, I forget Every time I've gone, it's been a good, it's been a good stadium to go to. You know, there's, there's not a bad seat in the house. Um, you know, love them or hate them. Epstein does have quality vendors and, and, you know, you can get, you know, the beers and, and the food and stuff that you need. The staff there at Coda are good. Now the sales side's a whole separate discussion than the game day. Don't get me wrong. But for the game day environment, I think that they put on a good thing to where I still think bold could get, or, or, whatever bold 2.0 or whatever version that they get get could still get you know a thousand to fifteen hundred fans which would be good for league one or nisa and then you could kind of build it up from there so i can see why they want to do it the question is is why would you sell if you're going to go to league one and i think part of the reason is is he can cash out you know get you know in you know i don't know how much he's getting for you know for the fort worth cash out, you know, on there, buy back in at probably a lower or reduced cost um, into USL League One, or if, if it's a cost thing, he's going to go NISA, um, which I think would be, I think would be good because NISA doesn't have all the, the requirements that USL has at this time. They're still kind of a little bit more wild, wild west type thing. Um, you'd be able to get Detroit City that comes, you'd be able to draw Chattanooga, um, there's a new team that's coming in, you know, Austin, um, a horrible, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Syracuse AC or AC Syracuse or something yeah. like that, put out just a, uh, you know, a crap branding today that nobody's happy about. So <laughs> they must be shooting for MLS then. <laughs> I just, it's, 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 I, I think, I think NISA would be the interesting, interesting play on here. 
the problem I'm going to be stunned and shocked if Bobby Epstein ends up in Nisa. I really am. So that's... But he's the type but he, he's the type of owner that would fit in Nisa though. Um I'm not convinced. Or do you think, or do you we'll think that he likes the structure of USL? I think he likes the structure and the monopolization that USL, USL gives has. <laughs> and so you think if they come back, they come back as a league. And let's be honest, USL needs League One teams. So I, it wouldn't. I, it I've would not always shock said, me that he gets a discount to come back in as USL League One. Right. I'm USL One wasn't an option before. You know, years before, but you were asking all these things. I mean, he had a. PDL slash USL2 team and didn't want that. That's why they went up to USL Championship in the first place. Um, he also, PS and by the way, launched the entire brand and the team and the branding and the name and the stadium and the players and everything in about five months, the first go around. So you're asking if Fort Worth could do that. They certainly could because Bobby did that with the bold, right? Um, it was less than a year from that decision to launching, but I've always thought he's going to go for a uh, women's team next. So I don't know if that's going to be the new USLW or whatever the women's league is going to be called, well, or if he's going to try. There's a super league that'll start. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to see what happens. I mean, I'm, I won't be surprised if it's USL one at this point. Um, but again, don't, don't be shocked if it's a women's team. I think that would give him a uh, niche where he can monopolize and it's not being, um, he's not overshadowed by anyone in the area. Well, that's not exactly true. We, you know, there is a certain owner up in, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that is elite. Uh, we'll I, just say. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I think that he would be trying to go at, a level above. above right but we know danny wants to go we know danny wants to go professional as well so correct so uh here we get uh austin soccer wars the sequel coming up and then there are rumors of nwsl you know going to austin as well and correct what and, and i know that's kind of for San Antonio, I think they would have the perfect facility to be able to do it. Um, but obviously, Spurs ownership at this point has no interest on it, at least publicly, uh, for that here. So could we get another Epstein versus free <laughs> right. court battle on the women's side? <laughs> well, no, because I don't think that um, – I honestly don't think that pre court has any real ambition for an NWSL team. Um, I think it would be, uh, a different group that has that aspiration here. Um, but they would have to play though. You'd NWSL would want to play at, at, at Q2 though. Correct. Do you think that free court would allow that? I think he would allow it for the right owner. <laughs> And probably hey for the right for the right amount of money. I mean, it's all going to come down to money in the end, right? But um, always, I I think that I can't imagine any human being on the planet not being affected by 
the last, you know, three years and everything that's gone on between Precord and Epstein, I can't imagine either one of them not having that in the back of their head when they go into one of these negotiations. And if it's a choice between Epstein and someone else, um, all things being equal, it's going to be someone else. Let me ask, and, and Rob's on here. I'm going to bring him mm -hmm. in on this question here. Yeah, he's been hey, watching and listening sorry, for a um, long time and just not wanting to comment. I don't know what's going on with him today. Y'all y'all were just on a roll and I didn't want to interrupt. So, Could you see, so... Could you see an MLSR team at Bold Stadium? Why would there be an MLSR team? It has to be associated with Austin FC. So why would? Doesn't have to be. MLSR oh, right. is oh, open to outside teams as well. But so they don't have to be affiliated with an MLS no. team. No, that's to be a two. Oh, that's right. Because what are the ones that are, that aren't? Um, I right think uh, Rochester is looking to go there. Uh, has been oh, are they? Yeah, is that could be an interesting route if it's. I but mean, the only reason why I asked that, why would they? I mean, I, I don't know why they would open it to Bobby, or why Bobby <laughs> would have any interest, since I'm sure he feels hard done by MLS. Um, anyway, so I don't, I don't see why he would want to deal with with Don at this point. Well, Harry, I appreciate you coming on. I don't want to be disrespectful of your time. I know you've got a game going on, so. But you're uh, kicking me off. All right. <laughs> Go RGV. Come on, Monarchs. <laughs> all right. See you guys later. All right, yeah. Harry. Appreciate you, man. All right. Thanks, Harry. That was a, a pleasure as always. Sorry I was late, but I did get to listen to some of that about half ish maybe um <laughs> live so um thank you again we really appreciate having you on um when you're able to join us so thanks harry so let's check in real quick with Concacaf. <laughs> con la noticia que le dio vuelta al mundo en donde la Federación de Honduras ya anunció a su nuevo entrenador el estratega colombiano Hernán Darío El Bolillo Gómez llega en un momento complicado para la selección de Honduras en el camino a lograr el pase para asistir al Mundial de Qatar la afición de Honduras ve con buenos ojos esta contratación ya que El Bolillo Gómez tiene mucha experiencia en la zona de CONCACAF después de haber dirigido a Guatemala del 2006 al 2008 y a Panamá del 2014 al 2018 llevándola al Mundial de Rusia en Sudamérica también llevó a un Mundial a Colombia y a Ecuador acertado o no la decisión solo el tiempo lo dirá pero creo que es una muy buena opción 
para sacar del sótano Honduras en la clasificación y por qué no llevarlo al Mundial de Qatar. Suerte para esta gran afición de Honduras y al Bolillo Gómez. Y de Honduras, vámonos a la Liga de Fútbol Mayor del Salvador, donde marcha como líder de la competencia Alianza FC con 33 puntos, seguido por el FAS con 29 unidades y más atrás con 26 puntos el Club Deportivo Águila y el 11 Deportivo con 25. En la lista de goleadores, Rubier Riascos, colombiano, lidera el sector con 10 goles de la Alianza. Paisano Luis Peralta del FAS le sigue con nueve tantos y atrasito con ocho goles el nacido en Trinidad y Tobago de Luis Ángel Firpo, Mal Williams. Y bueno, para cerrar con el fútbol salvadoreño, se vienen buenos encuentros en los que destaca el del once deportivo que recibe en su casa al líder Alianza. El Club Deportivo Águila recibe al Santa Tecla y el Platense recibe al FAS. Y de Centroamérica, brincamos a México, donde ya por entonces se conocerá al nuevo campeón de CONCACAF entre el América y el Monterrey, quien uno de los dos les tocará arribar al trono y lograr el gran papel que hizo Tigres de México en el pasado Mundial de Clubes, que llegó a la final y la perdió 1 a 0 apenas con la poderosa escuadra del Bayern Múnich. Y en la Liga MX se juega la penúltima fecha, donde la pelea por meterse directo a la liguilla está entre América, que ya amarró su lugar, dejando tres puestos directos que se pelean entre el Atlas, Solucas y Tigres. Y más abajo, León y Cruz Azul. El líder de goleo es Germán Berterame con nueve puntos, seguido con siete goles por el uruguayo Diente López y Camilo Zambeso también con siete. En esta penúltima jornada destacan los juegos de Tigres contra Chivas, el clásico joven Cruz Azul contra América y Toluca León. Ya nos vamos sin antes agradecerle su atención y nos vemos a la próxima. Su amigo Felo González. Bueno, gracias Rob. Eso será todo para mí, pero ¿tienes final thoughts para nuestros listeners? Um, you know what? My thoughts right now are I hope everyone, no matter what team you support, had a great, uh, fun time attending Texas soccer matches, uh, soccer matches in Texas, soccer matches anywhere in the United States or the world. Um, you know, please continue to support the game. And, you know, we're, we're coming kind of to the end here of both USL and MLS, and we hope to have you again. Please continue supporting whoever you're supporting and, you know, support soccer in Austin, especially. Great sentiment, Rob. Thank you very much. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Louisiana Crew. I don't know if you saw the news, but they've announced officially their move up to USL 2 yeah. for the 2022 season. Uh, I'm here with Lobos and, uh, you know, our youth had a trip over to San Antonio this weekend. We had a great game out there in San Antonio, which is why I was late for that Q2 matchup. Yeah. I'm not at the point of making any announcements yet for Lobos, but we are working on what's going to happen for our upcoming season. So uh, stay tuned and we'll hit you on that next, next episode. And until then, this is Dave signing off. And Rob, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time.